0: Good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another Silk Report. Okay, let's get straight to it, shall we? Ashley Barty making a Grand Slam final again, but this time with a slight difference. She's making the Australian Open final for the first time. She's going for her first Australian Open title. Uh, having beaten Madison Keys in straight sets. Let me know what you think of this match in the live chat. We're going to focus on, we've got four semifinals, um, either two on the horizon in terms of the men, two women's to look back on as well. Let me know what you think in the live chat regarding Barty and Keys. now. We'll be doing this for the next few minutes, so pop in your questions um, regarding this particular match. Do you think it was a, a boring match? Do you think it was a bit easy, perhaps, And uh, let me know as well how you think that compared to the other one. Um, Yeah, let's get to it. Uh, Let's get through some tweets very quickly. One for the history books. Why is this one for the history books? Well, she's the first Australian woman in an Australian Open final in 42 years. Was she aware of the history? I think she was. If she wasn't, she was certainly reminded of it afterwards. And it's why Ash Barty retweeted this tweet, as we can see here. Ash Barty becomes the first Australian woman to advance to the Australian Open final since Wendy Turnbull in 1980. She lost just 10 points on serve, winning 6-1, 6-3. In fact, en route to the final, she's only lost 21 games altogether across the six matches, and she's only been broken once. And, as you can see, in classic Ashbardi style, looking pretty content, and I've actually just got a freeze here on the match point because I think it just sort of sums up the match, almost sums up Ashbardi's tournament, you could argue. Look at the precision on that placement. She could go pretty much anywhere here and with the wrong footed keys going in the wrong direction in every single metaphor possible. But look at this precision on the winning point. And that's Ash Barty for you. Let's have a quick look at some of the stats from today's match. Uh, she's obviously won here 6-1, 6-3. But let's have a bit of a deep dive. Seven winners from Barty, five from Keys. Um, Barty doesn't quite, at least to the, uh, and to the eye, to the casual observer, doesn't quite seem to have the power that Collins has. Um, but we'll come to that shortly. Um, just one ace from keys today. She couldn't hit through Barty like she did other opponents. Um, and yeah, too many unforced errors. I found it quite underwhelming performance altogether re- regarding Barty today. Just almost too easy. I had in my notes. Whether Collins in the final, who she'll be playing, and we'll come on to that very shortly. Whether she can handle the body slice as Barry tries to slow the point down. Whether Collins will get frustrated with that in the final uh, is another question. Let me know what you think in the live chat. I'm going to go to the live chat now and have a quick look at some of your comments so far. Liam just simply saying, uh, "I know many people are getting a bit frustrated with that regarding the audience there." Cathy yes, super sorry that I was late. Or we were all late. I don't know if you're still awake. If you are, let me know in the live chat. Ah, great. You were the first to hit the like. Yeah, Kathy. Yeah, Madison just didn't show up. Uh, I think you're right. I think I think that was an underwhelming performance from her today. Um, anyway, thanks for hanging, hanging on in there for us, Kathy. We do appreciate it. Ivan Villa there. I'm saying it in the British way, but maybe in the Spanish way it would be Ivan Villa. Uh, Silk Report Baby, nice to have you on board. Brandon, first time the Silk Report is early enough for me to watch it live, despite the fact it's on at 3 a.m. for me normally. I always make sure to watch it the next day or even two days after. Thanks, Brandon, for your support. Hopefully you can hang on for us, even despite it still being a little bit early in the um, early hours of the morning for you. Yeah, today, obviously, having the straight sets victories meant I could come to you a little bit earlier uh, tomorrow with two men's matches, potentially going five sets, and I'll be coming to that later. Uh, Who knows how... That will be, and who knows what time I can go live. We try, it's not always easy because we all have jobs as well, but we try and we're going to try and go an hour after the end for the final silk reports for the men's semis tomorrow and also the women's final and also the men's final. I'll try and come to you about one hour after those matches finish, depending on how much drama there is to report. Or perhaps how much lack of drama. Sometimes these silk reports, you know, today to some extent, what can you say about the barty keyes match? What can you say? It was just all too easy for her. I guess the, the thing that I'm most interested in is to see how barty is going to be against an incredibly powerful player. And that was always going to be the case, whether she was playing Swancheck or um, Collins, uh, as it turns out. The other thing as well, with will barty will the pressure get to her? It hasn't got to her so far, um, but has she had an easy run to the final? Let me know what you think. Certainly in terms of the way she dispatched her opponents all the way to the final, it has been very easy. Is that Ash Barty? Was it her opponents? Let me know what you think in the live chat. Talking of which, let's come to it again. Uh, David O'Halloran, by the way, nice to have you on board Um, Collins could be a real threat to Barty But it's hard to judge her level As Swanshik was way off her top level today Yeah, exactly I just don't know Is Barty playing amazingly? Or are her opponents, you know Just not being able to handle the slice? Talking of the slice Let's have a quick look at uh, a tweet here Ah, Watching Ash Barty like Australian Open 2022. There we go. Self-promotion tweet alert. Apologies for that. Let's get back to it anyway. So let me know if you think Collins can handle the, sl- the slice. That's the that's the big question for me. Um, Ash Barty will get a few aces. She'll get a few winners for sure. You know, she's not a, a slow player in terms of the way she hits her shots. She has some venom in, in her forehand in particular. Um, but I just don't know whether whether Collins will get frustrated. We saw that in the quarterfinal that uh, Collins had and also in the fourth round. I've been following Collins quite closely throughout this tournament. She does get frustrated sometimes. She'll go for the winner. It'll come back to her. She'll go for the winner. It'll come back to her. Well, it's going to come back to her with interest, especially if Ashbardi can get on that slice. My advice would be to avoid the backhand. Uh, go for go for winners, but to the Ash Barty forehand, um, or perhaps you might say, listen, go to the backhand with absolute venom, because if, if you're going with venom and you're hitting your spots, Barty can't do a, a slice. The only way Barty can do a slice is if she has time to prepare. And Madison Keyes gave her that time today, I think. Although, really, this wasn't really a match about the Ash Barty slice. There was all sorts of a variety of shots. In fact, I did see, I think it might have been Mats Valanda afterwards, but somebody certainly afterwards is saying, listen, Ash Barty, oh, it was her previous opponent in the quarterfinals, said that basically, um, Pegula. Pegula just said, Barty is better in every category. If that's the case, and she shows it in the final, there's only going to be one winner. Um, Just a quick point as well. Of course, this being her first Australian Open title, potentially, which will also mean that Ash Barty has won across all three surfaces, having won the French Open in 2019 and Wimbledon, of course, last year. Wimbledon, she went to three sets in that final, if I'm right. Will she go to three sets on, on Sunday? I suspect yes. So let's get to her opponent on Sunday, who will be... Daniel Collins, having touched on it a few times already. She beat Swanchek today in straight sets, 6-4, 6-1. I think it was a bit more competitive than this statistic suggests. Excuse me. Um, Yeah, it's a bit more competitive than this suggests. But basically, Collins sealed the match. With a mid-match run, I think it was five games in a row, was it? Between the end of the first set and the beginning of the second set. Remember those stats I was also firing off in the live chat. I think it was like 14 out of 16 points she won in that middle sector of the match, which was just phenomenal. Collins was hitting her spots and hitting them with power. And Swancheck had no no answer for it. Um, I guess this is, Swancheck is one of the best players in the world. On clay, the best player in the world. On a hard court, she's just just a little short. And she just fell short today. I think it was a bit closer than this, this straight set suggests. They were, they were exchanging uh, breaks of serve quite a lot in the first set. I mean, Collins raced into a three-love lead with two breaks. Uh, but Swancheck then got it back to just one break. And that was how it sort of continued for the rest of the set. And at 5-4 to Collins in that first set... That was really, as I say, Collins then put on the afterburners and there was no coming back from there. Look at this, though. Collins, 19 winners over two sets, I think, as well, which adds to that. Yes, we've seen more impressive winner stats, but that's against Swancheck as well, which adds to the the credence, if you like, and adds to the value of those winners. And Swancheck, by the way, I remember having a brief chat with JG in the live chat, I think it was, the other day. And uh, I was talking about just how aggressive Collins has been during this tournament and just how unbelievable she's been, especially in terms of winners. And JG said, what about Swanchek? She's aggressive. She goes for winners too. Well, in the battle of the winners, if you like, today, there was only one winner, and that was the American. Um, Let me just have a quick look at some of my notes. Uh, Yes, I do take notes. Um, Collins, yeah, fast out of the traps. She broke immediately. Three love. Iga seemed to be a bit timid at the beginning. Let me know what you think in the live chat regarding this match. David O'Halloran coming up there with Collins could be a real threat to Barty, but it's hard to judge her level. Yeah, we've already spoke about that. Thank you. David, just repeating that point. Uh, do you think Collins will go for broke uh, go for broke star will be um effective in the final, Brandon? I think regarding that question. I think if Collins' nerve is fine, because with the go-for-broke style, you are relying on your ability to handle the pressure. It's Collins's first uh, slam final. Uh, this is not Barty's first, albeit Barty's got the home crowd. I don't think the home crowd will make too much of a difference. I don't think that will bother Collins too much. But will the occasion get to her? If Collins can handle the occasion of being in a slam final, Absolutely, it can be effective. And I, I I, hope that she doesn't get affected by the nerves. And we have this unbelievable kind of opposites matchup. Am I being a bit harsh on Barty in terms of saying that they're kind of opposites? One, being Colin's very aggressive. Uh, let me know what you think in the uh, live chat. Liam being very hard on keys there, saying that she, he thought she was pathetic. Uh, Boban saying, Collins was a safe bet today. Eager's not ready for hard court finals yet. I think you're probably right. I think this is basically where Iga is. She's one of the top four or five players in the world across all the surfaces as an average. She's the best on clay, but there's too many people on hard court that probably can beat her. Uh, Johnny Boy on the cake there, Liam. Nice, yeah. Oh, yeah, Kathy Collins hits aces too. Absolutely. And some on the second serve. She got seven aces today, and at least two of them were on the second serve. Just unbelievable, brave tennis. And if she can bring that brave game to the final, but brave and not being nervous, because that's where and not getting frustrated, because that's where she could lose the final. If she's overawed by the occasion and starts not hitting the spots, because that's where you've got to control your nerve in particular. But Keep it up, Collins, and you've got an excellent chance in that final. Boban there saying Buddy's more than a slice, um, although her slice is almost as good as Graf's. Good that you go back as far as I do, Boban, uh, in terms of Steffi Graf's there. Yeah, no, she's definitely more than just a slice. I'm, I'm very aware of that. And as Pagula said, you know, she's arguably, certainly in comparison to Pagula, she was just better in every department. Uh, Barty hasn't been a top 10 player in any of her slam victories or is it in or in this tournament? Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, well, you mean a top 10 player in any of her finals in those slams? Okay, well, uh Collins is not a top 10 player right now. But I would argue the way she's playing uh right now is well, top two in this tournament. It's not no luck that she's in the final. Straight sets against Swancheck in the semis. So there we go. Yes, Ben, make sure we hit the like button, everyone. Uh, Hit the subscribe button too. Let me know how many likes we're on, by the way. Uh, A nice comment here from RS. Collins has the maturity to handle the occasion, in my opinion. Hope you're right. But we don't know. That's the thing. And I don't know if age... You know, if you're in your thirties, let's say, if you're in your mid-thirties, like a Monfils uh, on the men's side, um, you, you would worry about Monfils in a final for a variety of reasons. But also, you know, this is your moment and your only moment. We sort of even and Pat Rafter in that final of two thousand and one as well. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I go back as well. Um, how could they how could they handle the occasion? Um, and I we just don't know with Collins. Um and I don't know if mature, it, she may well be out of handle the occasion, R.S., you're absolutely right, but I don't know if age actually is a factor. I think in a way, being super young in terms of that can actually help because you might not be quite so nervous as your opponent who may have all the maturity and experience, but they may know it's their last chance. Of course, that's not the case with Barty. She'll be getting more, many more chances, I'm sure. But is there more pressure on Barty? Maybe that. Barty's the favourite. Barty's the home... Uh, the home favourite as well in terms of she'll have to support the crowd. Will that go in her favour? Will it go against her? Let me know what you think in the uh, in the chat. Johnny, you're such a legend. Thank you. Liam uh, spreading the love. That's nice. Uh, Jack Nulty would love Barty versus Serena matchup before Serena retires? Yes, wouldn't we all? And loving that match with Serena fit and firing on all cylinders. Um, Brandon there reminding us yeah, she has the Eyes of the whole country on her. Yes, that's true. How will she handle that? Let me know in the live chat. How many likes are we on, by the way? Um, Have we hit 25 likes yet? Maybe 30, please. 30 likes. Uh, okay, cool. Brandon. No, just in slams in general. Oh, so Brandon, are you telling me that she's never been... Beaten a top 10 player at a slam? Uh, that does seem a bit crazy. Um, are you saying that she's never beaten one in a final? Are you saying that, um, oh, 25 likes on the dot. Great. Thanks, Brandon. Um, I, I'd like to know a bit more about that, uh, that stat, actually, because that does seem crazy. She's never played a top 10 player at a slam? I can't believe that. Um, anyway, let me know what you think. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Collins today. Let's just uh, quickly run through the match as it panned out. Yeah, uh, Eager was timid at the start. Tick. Um, I think that she was, and I think the first three games, I talked about that middle part of the match, really where Collins raced away with it. Um, but uh, but I see that as as also the start from eager didn't do her any favours because by then she was always playing catch up, uh, and she never did quite manage to catch up in in every sense of the word or expression. Uh, she did try to step up in game four, I felt, and that's when she really, you know, did react to the to the moment, but she was too slow out of the blocks in my opinion um exchanging breaks but uh collins takes the break uh yeah i like that as well with collins when collins is broken brandon no the two slams that she won thanks brandon uh, that's nice it's a great stat and i'm glad you've cleared it up um Piskova was eight seed at Wimbledon last year, but don't think she was actually top 10. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much. So basically the two slams that that she's won, she hasn't been a top 10 player. Yeah. That's an interesting stat, but to be honest with you, I'm kind of more interested than than in world, than world ranking. I'm kind of more interested in, in form in that moment. And if you've got to a quarter final, a semi-final or a final on clay or on grass, where she's won the two slams, you're playing well. You know, so you could say not playing a top 10 or top 10 player in the world is 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 a little favorable. I think certainly during this draw, Barty has had the favor of a bit of luck. I think certainly when you compare it to Collins's run, I think, uh, or Swansek as well, I think she did have a slightly uh, kinder draw, but not taking anything away from Ash Barty. She is the best player in the world, no matter what happens on Sunday. And she's fully deserving of the two slams she's already won. Um, so yes, back to the match. Uh Collins there, as we see, uh four double faults, but she is slightly more aggressive, I think, on her second serve, even than Swanchek. What did you think of Swanchek's um serving today, by the way? I know JG was very critical of Swanchek's serving. Uh, fair enough. Was that where she lost the match? Possibly that's an element to her losing the match. But to be honest with you, I'd rather praise Collins's performance because it was just outstanding today. Um, yeah, and I think once once the double break emerged in that second set, once it was for love, I think, during that period where I said that, um, you know, I think, as I say, Collins won seven out of the last eight games. Um, and 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 congrats to her. Um, Egan looked broken mentally during that period as well. Uh, that sort of middle period of the match that I mentioned, the, the sort of four games in a row moment, five games in a row. Um, I just sort of saw Egan. I thought, yeah. And even on the match point that Iga saved, the first match point, there was a moment in that rally where Iga sort of paused, thinking that the point is done, but she managed to actually get back into it because I think the shot... For the short, shorter shot from um, Collins, which brought uh, Swanchek into the net, sort of gave Swanchek a chance again. But I think she thought she'd lost that point. There wasn't quite the same level of fighting spirit that we saw in the previous round when she was uh, on match point, if you like. Um, so I felt a bit sad for her today, but whatever. She'll return, and she'll return with interest i'm sure at the french open where i make her favorite at the the moment i make her favorite because i know she went out in the quarterfinals last year she seemed a bit off color in that quarterfinals i don't know whether she had an injury of some sort but uh until the quarterfinals she was looking unbelievable she won rome six love six love in the final i always think rome is a pretty good indicator of the french open albeit that last year the two winners in Rome, Nadal and Swanchek, didn't go on to win Roland Garros. I know that, but generally it's a good indicator. And right now, she is as strong a stronger favorite for the French Open as Nadal is for me. Um, okay, so quick look ahead to the final. Uh, let me know about your predictions for the women's final in the chat. Um, I guess I would go for head says Barty. Heart says Collins. Let's go with that. Am I sitting on the fence? You bet I am. Let me know what you think in the chat. Uh, all Swanshik's second serves went to the Collins backhand. Way too predictable. Collins won't be able to attack the body. serve the same way she did today. Both fair. Both accurate. Um, yeah uh i don't know what this is sam's talking about if men were doing best of three we're talking about pay there yeah i mean i've already said what i think about the women's tennis there i think i would like to see five sets at least for the final uh midnight woodsman uh going for barney win losing the first set i love the way this is a really precise uh, uh uh prediction here from the midnight woodsman uh four six six three six three i am i'm someone by the way who will make a prediction and not only will I sit on the fence as I've done for the final, if you like, but I I also don't always predict the amount of sets uh, just because I think it's quite tricky. Um, let's just hope it's three sets in the final. And if Collins brings her a game, if Collins brings her a game, it's definitely going to three sets. My question is, will she bring her a game? Uh, Boban going for Barty in three Eduardo going for Collins in three. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Nathan their 55 and 60 minute matches. Yeah, today was I think uh 63 minute match a 62 minute match. So Yeah, but I I you know I'd love to see I'd love to see a five set women's final. I think that would be a a great introduction to the game. We don't have to worry about scheduling issues by that stage of the tournament and I'd like to see how it pans out maybe across a year. Maybe one of the slams might do it. And I would like to if I was a managing director of one grand slam I'd be saying I want five sets for a women's final, and I guarantee you the interest in that final will increase. I'm sure to see how it goes. The other three slams will be watching. I'm sure with interest, and then they would follow Sue. I'm absolutely convinced of it. And then, to be honest with you, we might start seeing five sets at the semi-final stage as well. And I'd be all for that too. With the, regarding the first week, might be a little bit more tricky in terms of the scheduling, like I said. I think we'd have to build another half a dozen courts at each at each venue. So that might not be happening anytime soon. Uh David, going for Barty in two, but over an hour. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hope so. Uh I watched this from Alex. Wallet says Barty, head and heart say Barty as well. So basically every single department, Alex, is going for Barty. That's fair. Uh Kathy saying women say they don't mind five. It's TV that doesn't want it. Yeah, well um i have a word to describe tv's opinion I, does really tv not want it i see no reason why it couldn't be an interesting spectacle and it'll certainly give you more time to tune in but then they might not get quite the peak that they would imagine let's try it uh as somebody mentioned the other day best of five used to be the case for women's tennis so let's bring it back in my opinion at least for the final yeah why wouldn't uh women's tennis or why wouldn't tv want five uh, st- sets for the final yeah i completely agree Uh, Liam, by the way, suggesting if Barty doesn't win, I'll eat a tennis ball. Remind him of that. By the way, follow Liam on Twitter uh, and send him as many tweets as you wish, reminding him to eat a tennis ball if uh, Collins doesn't win. What are you going to eat, by the way, if Barty does win? Slice of cake. That's a nice one. I'm guarantee you'll be supporting uh, Ash Barty in the final if it's cake or tennis ball consumption. Uh, cool. Uh, somebody there going with Rafa Goat. Interesting. Yeah, nice. Um, cool. Let's have a quick look now at some other things that happened today around Melbourne. Uh, let's have a quick look at Dylan Alcott's bid to win... Uh, the quads uh, final. Unfortunately, his his dream didn't quite work out. Uh, as he now retires from the sport, losing to Sam Schroeder of, of the Netherlands. Of course, Sam Schroeder did beat him in the U.S. Open uh, in 2020. So perhaps we should have seen this coming. Never, nevertheless, Alcott said he uh, still felt the luckiest guy in the world. It was nice of Ash Barty as well in her um, in her on court interview afterwards, mentioning Dylan Alcott and mentioning what a inspiration he is. Uh, but obviously, losing here today, uh, seven five six love. We'll just have a quick look at the first few words in this article in the Guardian. Um, he said he would. Uh, he said he would live if he did not win. That's what he said beforehand. And live, Dylan Alcott shall, without an eighth consecutive Australian Open, but with his nation behind him. Absolutely, and that was something that also Ash Barty mentioned. Um, in her build up, and she said, sorry, in in her on court interview, and she also said how <laughs> she was watching the match before her match and was getting so involved that she almost forgot that she had to play a match today, which is kind of funny. So, Olcott lost his uh, squad singles at Rod Laver Arena uh, in a bid uh, as he bid farewell to the sport uh, and, and a career that's been matched by so few, uh, featuring 23 Grand Slam quad titles, including 15 in the singles. Paralympic gold medals and a revered golden slam. And don't forget at the U.S. Open last year when he managed to drink some beer out of his U.S. Open title that he won, which I think is also a particular highlight. Let's move on to another thing that occurred today uh, in Melbourne. Kokinakis and Kiriakos' train continues uh, as they now make it into a final um, and Kalkanakis here, lovely tweet here saying moments. Uh, there will be a final episode as the Australian Open tweeted here. They won seven six six four, calling it an up- upset over number three seats. I guess so, but having also won uh, against the number one seed previously, is it an upset? Um, and that will now, of course, play the Australians, Ebden and Purcell in the final, uh, which I believe we're going to be covering on Game to Love. So keep an eye out for that. I think it's on Saturday after the women's final. Uh, so, please tune in for both the women's final on Game to Love, but also that. Uh, make sure you hit that like button, people. How many likes are we on? Please let me know in the live chat. So, here's a nice, of course, tweet from Jose Morgado and a nice image of both Kyrios, but also Kokonakis there in the background celebrating. Uh, I've also got this funny little image from their press conference. Obviously, this is as they walk in. I also quite like it because clearly Kyrgios has been watching the show. Clearly, Kyrgios has been paying attention. Because, of course, we've mentioned animals at various points, whether it be cockroaches or seagulls or butterflies with Yannick Sinner. Uh, Now, uh, Kyrgios, of course, having sort of caught on the Game to Love bandwagon, turns up with, I believe, a snake on his T-shirt. Does that mean we'll be seeing a snake on court anytime soon? Don't know. Okay. What image shall I leave you with? Let's have this little image just while I have a little interlude here to go to the chat. Uh, It's a nice image of Ash Barty there. The 42 years uh, broken um, record or broken stream, uh, if you like. Uh, JG mentioned that's the first ever doubles match we'll be having on GTL. Nice. Uh, let's go to Brandon there. During the broadcast, they showed Beratini, Medvedev, and Sitsipas, uh all watching while they were training. Yeah, I heard something about that. I think it was at Channel 9 in Australia. I'm not sure which channel it was. Yeah, it was something about um, midway through one of the matches, um, they went and, and cut to Kokonakis and Kyrios training. Uh, I'm really all for this bandwagon. I'm really excited by it. Not sure if we need to see them training, though, during a, a, a men's... Uh, was it quarterfinal or semifinal? I'm not sure which... Uh, cool. 37 likes, Brandon. Thank you very much for letting me know. Uh, laughing at my pronunciations, Nathan. Uh, they're now more random than ever. Yeah, Kokinakis and Kyrios. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm pretty good on Kyrgios generally. Maybe I just uh, tripped over my words then, and I apologize for that. Liam, really happy for Kyrgios. I think it means that this means a lot to him. Yeah, I think it does. I almost think there's an element of the environment as well of doubles that, that I think he probably maybe prefers because it is kind of a fun thing and he doesn't you know there's a he's got a teammate who he really likes and gets on well with um yes channel nine thanks Brandon yeah well uh yeah so I I think there is an element to this this um this dynamic of playing in doubles that is um kind of relaxes him a bit and he just really uh really enjoys it so um what I want to talk about now we've done the women's we've done the quads We've done the, uh, the the men's doubles at least, so let's have a quick dip into what's coming ahead on GTL. In particular, tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow, wherever you are, we've got obviously the men's uh, semi-finals coming up. Uh, Where are we here? Yes, here we go. So we've got the men's semifinals uh, on at 3.30 a.m. UK time, 4.30 a.m. Central European time, beginning with Nadal and Berrettini, Medvedev and Tsitsipas. On Saturday, of course, we'll be covering both the women's final and, as I mentioned before, the men's doubles final. So please tune in for those. Coffee is nearly finished. And now I just want to have a quick touch on that. I know Ben and uh, JG went pretty deep on their previews last night, so I won't be going too deep on my previews. But there are a couple of things I'd like to highlight. Uh, One is this regarding Berrettini and Nadal. It was something that Ash Barty said in her on-court interview afterwards, talking about the conditions. She compared the conditions for her match in the semi-final with the rest of the tournament and she said that they were really different. Humid. The ball's a little bit slower. Heavier off the strings. And I'm positing that this may not be great news for Rafa Nadal for his semi-final. I'm sure he will be hoping that the roof is open and it's sunny and dry. Let me know about the uh, the weather for tomorrow. Let me know in the live chat. I Last I heard, storms were predicted. But that was yesterday, I believe, and I know we had some storms today, which is possibly also uh, why things were slightly different. I saw some lightning, et cetera. So there is a a response to that, though. I did ask for some tweets, and um, this is really nice of Deepak to get in touch. Irrespective of the conditions, Rafa will uh, get the better of the Italian. Rafa has too much firepower, guile, and control. He cannot lose. Um, And Maya here as well, mentioning that friend of the pod, Gil Gross, suggested that she hopes that Rafa. Uh, she hopes that Rafa w- loses. I guess. I hope. I think she's a, a Matteo um, Berattini fan. Also, although she might well be responding to Deepak, who knows uh, whether she's supporting Rafa or Berattini? But more importantly, she said that Gil Gross said that the roof won't affect Rafa's chances against uh, Matteo, whereas it would if the opponent were Daniel. Let me know what you think of that. So basically, what Gil is suggesting. I haven't seen any of his pods recently, but m- common consensus is Rafa. Roof open, better news. Roof close, bad news. Why? What is the evidence for that? Well, Rafa has won one title indoors in his career. Boom, that's huge evidence. Second piece of evidence is that um, we saw that semifinal I touched on the other day against Djokovic in 2018. Roof open, match was perhaps going Rafa's way, but didn't go his way in the, uh, once the roof was closed. Final piece of evidence is that Rafa even mentioned uh, after his semi-final loss last year to Djokovic. I know the roof was open for the entirety of that match, but he did talk about how he wasn't getting quite so much topspin on the ball as the day turned into night. By the way, I love a tennis match that begins in the day and ends at night. It's just, it's just so cool. Uh, so let me know what you think of that in the live chat. Let me know your predictions as well. And just another little thing here I'd like to look at, which is Rafa Nadal's Australian Open record. And if you compare it to pretty much every other slam, it pales into comparison. If we see here in his first event, which is 2004, going out in the third round, that was to Leighton Hewitt, by the way, in a, in a pretty legendary match for many reasons. Hewitt coming towards the end of his career, Rafa right at the beginning. Um, and Rafa sort of announcing himself, maybe was a bit later before, probably, you know, you could argue didn't really fully announce himself until the French Open of 2005, but there were certain matches before that where Rafa was announcing himself, even perhaps afterwards in 2006 at Wimbledon, uh, playing Agassi, and what turned out to be Agassi's last ever match at Wimbledon, an incredible, you know, not changing of the guard because, Rafa never quite domin- has never quite dominated Wimbledon in the same way that Federer or Djokovic have, for example. But there is a nice moment where the two careers are just overlapping, if you like. And there's a great on-court interview with both Nadal and his broken English at the time. Uh, his English has come on a lot since then. And Agassi as well, where they're both on court doing a what was at the time a unique occasion because they didn't do on-court interviews. I know they do them now uh, at Wimbledon, but they've only just started doing that. So when we look at his record at the Australian Open... Doesn't make for great reading. Any other person, by the way, I say doesn't make for great reading. Monfils would switch this record in a heartbeat, uh, as he mentioned in his interview, so sad the other day in his press conference afterwards when he said, I don't want 20, I just want one. Well, one is what Rafa has in Australia. And we can see that he's gradually getting better and better until winning it in 2009. And if you'd said at that stage that he's only ever going to win one Australian Open, I think you'd be pretty shocked because it doesn't really get much better for him. As we can see, some bad luck, some final losses, some injuries, um, but also final losses against better players, particularly Djokovic, but also Federer in 2017, getting revenge for that 2009 defeat. Two quarterfinals as well. Doesn't make great reading. Can he improve upon that? Can he get to the final? I'll just have a quick look at a couple of live chats here. Um, What have we got? Anything on... uh, nadal not really hewitt was like 23 24 in 2005 not the end of his career brendan maybe you're right um but it felt like it um i know he won wimbledon hewitt in 2002 and in 2003 i remember seeing hewitt at wimbledon uh when he went out in the first round of my first ever match actually not just uh, my first ever Wimbledon. 2003 when he lost to the big server uh, Carlo Evo, what was his name? Carlo, let me know in the live chat or in the private chat, guys. Um, anyway, so, but it's still, I don't know, maybe you're right, Brandon, maybe I'm being harsh on him. Are you sure he was only 23, 24? Um, it certainly felt like that, but Hewitt was one of these guys that really peaked early in his career and never quite returned to those heights. Uh, again, I would say, uh, Boban St. John, while you're in Budapest, you should go to Cafe Core in South Street, close to the cathedral. They have the best local food. Thank you, Boban. I will try and check that out and I'll let you know. I may even post something about it on Twitter. So keep an eye out for that. Brandon's going for um a Berrettini win, six four three six seven six six three. Yeah. I, I actually am going for a Berrettini win as well. Um that's my th- oh, Ivo Karlovic. thanks, Ben. Yeah. Um so yeah, and he could win the title as Mantap suggests uh there. Mantap Bro, thank you for that as well. Um Drake suggesting the Federal got so many uh, titles in a week, era. Yeah, I think you've been a bit harsh on Federer there, but I know what you mean. Um, jo- once Djokovic sort of joined the party, things got a lot tougher for them, that's for sure. Okay, um, not I'm, I'm not backing Nadal, John. No, I'm not. I think um, Berrettini will win. Uh, I just think that that I think the five sets that Nadal had, also four sets in the third round, also that tie break, I think you know when it gets close now. Nadal is extremely vulnerable and that's why I, I I can't see Nadal winning another slam aside from the French because I think he gets pushed too much. It's too tight for him now and we see it's not like Djokovic. I mean take Djokovic last year in the French Open final when he goes two sets to love down. Goes and gets changed, comes out fresh as a daisy. He looked like he could have got another five sets. I don't recall the last time Rafa looked like that. Probably a few years. Probably You could say 2017, but maybe before. I know he beat team in five sets in 2018, but. uh, And I know he beat Medvedev in 2019, in that final. But let's say certainly not since 2019, certainly not since the pandemic, have I seen a tight match. And when I say tight, not even just five sets, also that Djokovic four setter. He doesn't look as fresh as his opponent. I know he wins occasional matches like he did the five sets against um, Shapovalov, but a better opponent than Shabavalov probably puts him away. And that's what better Berrettini is. So that's why I'm back in Berrettini. Okay. Let's get to the other semi, um, because I don't want to touch on this too much. Uh, obviously the semi is Medvedev against Tsitsipas. Uh, check out those videos, by the way, from the GTL boys that they posted last night, uh, previewing both, um, of these semifinals. Uh, there's also a preview for the women's semifinals. Of course, that is now passed. Feel free to uh, go through that and pick apart whatever they said. um, this one's a lot, I think this one's a bit harder for me to call uh, because of the head-to-head in particular and Medvedev just basically being stronger. But I think given the form of the previous round, at least, Pass is looking good. And you know what? I'm going Sitsipas. Uh Despite this head-to-head, um, despite the stats pretty much all being in the favor of the, the Russian, but there is one thing. Look at this. I know they're on different surfaces, et cetera. We've got indoor hard, outdoor hard, and outdoor clay. But the last three times they've met, Pass has won those two matches of the the head-to-head. Does that tell us something? I actually think in a way, especially if they're in the last couple of years, I think the recency is important. Of course, Medvedev, though, outdoor hard, which is what the conditions will probably be tomorrow. We don't know yet in terms of the weather, whether the roof will be closed. Um, but it was at this exact stage last year that Medvedev won. But I'm going Pass. and I think it'll be tight. I don't know whether it'll be three sets, four sets, or five, but it'll be super tight, and it'll probably, hopefully, go to the wire, if you like. So that's my view on the match. Let's have a quick look at what we've got to come uh, later on GTL this evening. We've got the Australian Open women's final preview, which will be on coming your way this evening. And as I touched upon earlier, Uh, the guys will have to hopefully get a little bit of sleep. I hope I can get some sleep tonight as well. Set the alarm super early, half past three UK time, half past four in uh central European time, for example, Budapest, where I am right now. Uh, half past five if you're in South Africa or in Athens. And uh, what time will it be in Melbourne? I guess half past one in the afternoon. So let's see if. The roof is open and it's sunny and dry. Let's hope it's not too hot for both players' sake, um, because we don't want to see that. I do think there was a game, was it Kajakova and even Madison Keys. I think arguably the weather destroyed that match in many respects. So let's hope it's not too hot for the both of them. Let's just have a quick look at your predictions before we go. Uh, Jim's saying rain in the forecast tomorrow. Roof will be closed, I heard. Yeah, I'd heard exactly the same. I heard that a couple of days ago and I've been hearing it ever since. So... Will be interesting. Um, I guess possibly Gil Gross was touching on the fact that Berrettini's serve might not be so quick if the roof is closed, that might help Nadal. Two thirty in Melbourne. Okay, nice. Yes, two thirty Melbourne time. Thanks, Brandon. Um, forty-seven in the like. John would appreciate hundred. Yikes, Meg's country. Yeah, we're quite we're quite far off that right now. So, um, yeah, just a yeah. So um, yeah, just a second. Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We've never seen that on the GTL. That's off GTL first. Housekeeping coming to the room. <laughs> I apologize for that. A uh, little interlude there. Uh but there we go. That's live commentary for you. Anything can happen, including animals on the court. Gene going Medvedev in four. Jack going sitsapats in five. Ben saying ha ha ha. I'm gonna let the room service come and do their jobs. Thank you for watching. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe, and I'll see you again tomorrow on The Silk Report. Ciao. Sports Social Podcast Network.